0: how God speaks. Father, we do thank you for uh, really the time that we get to focus on hearing your voice. And God, we, um, as I prayed already, Lord, we, we're hungry for your presence. We want to know, and we want to hear, and we want to respond to your voice. This is the, the, the aim of my life. This is the direction of my life, and I believe everyone here uh, that is with us is also in the same place. And we pray, God, that you would sharpen us, help us to hear you, even in this um, evening, that we would be able to hear you in ways that maybe we haven't before. Um, Just the fact that we're focusing on this, draw our attention, our mind and our heart towards the things that you're saying, both to us and for other people that you wanna speak through us. So God, take us to a new level in this and help us to understand your voice tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, last week we talked about relationship with God. Remember I walked you through that hearing the voice of God is about knowing God, knowing God as Father. Uh, He's a good, good Father who speaks to us. And then if we were to follow like the book, for example, that I walked through, it's just a scriptural approach to the voice of God, that God speaks to everybody. And it, but not everybody is listening. God speaks to everybody, but not everybody is listening. Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 27, among the religious leaders, his disciples were there as well. He said, "My sheep hear my voice." Some translations say, "Listen to my voice." "My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me." So his people can hear him, his people know him. That's they're intimately acquainted with. There's a relationship and they follow. They're not just hearers only. But there are also people that follow what it is that he's saying. But I think that people that are listening, not people that aren't listening, but Christians, people that Jesus would consider his sheep, of those that are listening, not everybody is understanding. There's a couple things that we want to discuss. One would be how to discern the voice of God, which isn't tonight, but it's also understanding the voice of God. How many of you know that the voice of God is seldom a voice? The way that we would talk about a voice, I'm speaking to you in an English language, you can hear my voice, seldom is God's voice to us, an actual voice. So it kind of brings a level of confusion when somebody says, I heard God speak to me. You know, usually people are thinking, well, what did that look like? What did that sound like? What does God's voice sound like? Because we don't all know, and especially if you're new to this, you don't know what that means. You really wanna know what that means. I wanna know what that means when people say that. I have learned through my time of ministry or vocational ministry, that people say God spoke to them. And when I ask them how, sometimes they start to squirm a little bit (laughs) because they can't always articulate it. And there's reasons for that. And I think that for those of us that are listening to God or or seeking to hear God, we may not be understanding how God is communicating to us. And it's vital and important uh, that we learn that, especially in a culture where uh, people would say God spoke to me or they even say things like, for culture, a Christian culture that doesn't typically refer to the voice of God, they would say, I, I, God gave me a peace, or it's another form of communication in my estimation. God gave me a peace. Um, there are a lot of churches, a lot of denominations that don't believe God speaks today outside of his word, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute, but when they say um, God gave me a peace, in my view, they're saying God communicated to them in some way. Because I would ask somebody that says, well, God doesn't speak today outside of his word, but you would say things like he gave me a peace. What does that mean to you? What does that feel like? What does that sound? Because they're real communicating a feeling, a sense. You know, he didn't come down and say, I'm giving you a peace right now. They're saying that they have an inner sense that they believe came from the Lord. Well, God communicated that to you. Somehow he indicated to you that, that that was him. Or you're just moving by your feelings. And typically churches that don't believe God speaks today would definitely not advocate living by your feelings. They would advocate living by the word of God. So I find that that we don't always know how it is that God speaks because we need to use a little bit different language. And I'm going to use the language of communication. God communicates to his people. The word speak denotes language. Sometimes God does speak in a language or in a form that would be accurate to that reference, but God communicates to us. Now, we understand this because we live in a world of different forms of communication all the time, and there's 6,500, maybe 7,000 human languages on the earth. And we even say things like, um, in psychology, they say 60% of someone's communication comes from body language. I'm not sure if that's fully accurate, but there are plenty of things that say that, 60%. And married couples say Amen. Uh, you know, it's like a lo- big difference between, could you please take the trash out sometime in the near future before the apocalypse happens, you know, I mean, it's a sort of, there's a lot com- coming behind that, and it's a little different than, hey, would you mind taking the trash out, you know, on your way out between now and tomorrow, you know, it's a, bi- it's a big, it's a big difference where the hands go, and, and how the face looks, and, But communication is an interesting thing. We've accepted the fact that there's sign language. We've accepted the fact that there's thousands of languages in the planet. We've accepted the fact that there's, you know, all kinds of uh, digital communications that you and I probably interact with every day, text messaging and emailing and whatnot. And we don't even really know how all this works. I mean, I pick up a phone and somehow through this wireless technology, something is reaching its destination, and I'm talking to somebody in another country. It's fascinating to me. Uh, there might be a few of you guys in here that would uh, try to explain that to me, but I still think it's fascinating, okay? So don't take away the awe and the wonder from from me. I want to be childlike as it pertains to that. I'm like, can you believe this? I'm talking into this, and and, and you're like 4,000 miles away. I mean, this is amazing. It's a, it's a, it's a way of communicating and, and texting as well. I, I I think we've accepted the fact that there's all kinds of communication, and yet, for some reason, we don't realize that God has different forms of communication. God has different languages, so to speak. You know, I was at a church not that long ago, and uh, the person that was on the left, I'm speaking, there's a person on the left, and, and uh, they're, uh, they're doing sign language. And I have no clue uh, what they're saying. I mean, I'm just guessing that they're trying to say the same thing I'm saying, That's a guess that I have, (laughs) or that'd be pretty bad if they weren't. Uh, But they're signing in in another language entirely, and there were times where I wasn't saying anything, and there was still sign language going on. There's a communication that I don't understand. If I don't learn sign language, I'll never understand what they're saying. If you want to hear from God, you want to know him better, but you don't understand how God is communicating to you you're just going to lean back on some of the assumptions that many of us have that if God wants to talk to me, he knows where I live, he knows my address, he knows my phone number, and he'll get to me. Now let's say for those of us that are pursuing the voice of God, but maybe we grew up in a church that always told us God will never speak or never communicate. What that means is is if you had a dream or if you had a sense Or if you had some kind of discernment or somebody called you on the phone and said something to you, you would not think it was God because you were either taught that it wasn't or you were never taught that it was. But if you don't believe that God speaks to you, the first place you've got to start is that he does. And the second place that you've got to go to is that he speaks to you or communicates to you in many different ways. And when you buy into that, all of a sudden your pursuit to hear the voice of God isn't random, but it's very specific, And I'm not teaching you to become a person that says God is speaking in every detail and everything, so don't all of a sudden become fearful of what I mean. I am saying that when you're pursuing God and when you're pursuing what he's saying to you, and you're equipped and you understand that there's forms of communication that are in the Bible that are not just a language. It's not a lightning bolt out of heaven. It's not just a smack you on the face when he really wants to get your attention. It's not just a sci-fi experience where he takes you out of your body. Or it's not just your interpretation of a Bible verse that you had during devotion time. It's not just that. When you realize there are different things that God is doing, ways in which he's communicating, all of a sudden, your ears are more open than they were yesterday. So getting equipped in this area is so vital. And and, and honestly, it's a shame that the body of Christ doesn't really have more of this, I think it's, it's important because we've accepted it in the, in the natural, but for some reason, we haven't in the spirit. And there's a lot of fear behind that, and, and surely there are definitely a lot of people out there that say God spoke to them and God isn't speaking to them. I get, I get what the fear is, um, and I want to raise the bar on, on accuracy, but I don't want to cripple everybody that's in a progression of growth while we're seeking accuracy. There's a bit of a tension that you and I have to walk through. And so some people I trim, <laughs> you know, I prune them back a little bit, like, whoa, you know, don't over- overshoot heaven here, okay. <laughs> That's, a, you know, so, all right. But then there are some people that I want to help grow, right? I want to help them grow because they're reluctant or hesitant to step into some of the things that are available to them. But we want to learn this, and I want to just give you t- tonight, by way of equipping, nine different ways that God communicates, and I don't tend to make this in incredibly long. I'll do the best that I can uh, to trim it down, okay? And I've done this before, but I believe you'll catch some new stuff if you've been through it. The first way that God communicates to us, of course, is scripture, the Bible. The Bible, and you need to listen closely, the Bible is the eternal word, I would even say voice of God, for all people, for all generations, for all time. The Bible does not change. The Bible was written by and to people in a certain context of history, so it does need to be understood within that context so that we can apply it in the days in which we're living. There are many things in scripture that you can't superimpose on a different culture and a different generation. Principally, though, we can extract the truth of what was being said and what was meant so that we can understand and walk in it today. It is vital for us to get that. We can't just pluck Bible verses out whenever we feel like it and however we want to, but at the same time, we got to realize that the Bible is the foundation. I I believe that the Old Testament is like the foundation, and the New Testament is built on that foundation. It's, It's like the house. And everything that the Holy Spirit is going to say to us fits inside that house. They would be like the furnishings. Like the couch or the furnishings, uh, 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 the, the paintings or the different things. They all fit within the structure of what God has already said. If we want to know what God is saying to us by his spirit today, it's, it's, it's important for us to also know what God has said by, in his word. They work together. They don't ever... Uh, distract from one another when people say to me that God is speaking to them and it contradicts the Bible. It's not God. It's that simple. He gave it to us as a measuring rod. He gave it to us as a rule of thumb. He gave it to us as a foundation. And I have helped a lot of people in my ministry come get the train back on the tracks. You know, the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. The Holy Spirit is speaking to me. And they're missing clear passages of Scripture. I don't allow for that in my ministry whatsoever. And I get a f- plenty of people that Are willing to go that far but i'm telling you once when we honor the word of god i believe as people who are pursuing god we will hear his voice even more not less and so that's what i think scripture even teaches but scripture is the ultimate authority and it's the primary way we not only hear god but discern his voice when the holy spirit is communicating to us and i would tell you there are two ways that you're going to hear the voice of god personally in the scripture i mean again the scripture is eternally the truth Whether we feel it, think it, or not, it is eternally true for every person, for all generations, for all time. Okay, we need to just settle that. When you and I are pursuing God's voice, he will use his word to speak to us personally, though, even though it's not just for us personally, it's for all of us, he will use it personally for us in two different ways. And the first way that God will communicate to us through the Bible is when we study it. God will communicate to us through the Bible when we study it. God will give us revelation 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All scripture is inspired by God, which literally means God-breathed. It's not just a human author, understand. It's not just a human with his own perspective. It is literally God-breathed and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training, and righteousness, so that the man, and this would also include women, woman of God, may be adequate and equipped for every good work. To be equipped for every good work means that we must know the written word of God. We must know the word of God. It's popular today. I'm going to digress for a moment. Okay, you're going to let me do it because I got the microphone, ladies and gentlemen. But it is popular today to not believe the word of God, not read the word of God, not stand on the word of God. And those are not the kind of people that, in my opinion, last through the winds and the waves. I was thinking about Ephesians chapter 4 where it talks about the apostles and the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers who are given by Jesus Christ. They're not just gifts given to men, but they're gifts given to men so that men and women can become gifts to the body. And so when we have these, they're people that lay foundations with the word of God. And when they do that, it goes on to say that they'll equip people for service, works of service. The body of Christ will do what they're called to do, and they'll no longer be tossed by the winds and the waves. No longer be tossed by the winds and the waves. But there are a lot of folks that get tossed by the winds and the waves. It's not because they're bad people, in my estimation. It's because a lot of us, if we're not focused on, founded on, grounded in the Word of God, when a wind and a wave comes, no matter where that wind and wave is from, it will knock us down. And if you don't want to be knocked down, I mean, you might get hit. Winds and waves are going to come. There's winds of the enemy, there are winds. There are just storms in life that are natural to the life that we live in on a broken planet. Winds and waves are going to come, no matter where they come from. But when you're grounded in the Word of God, those are going to come, they're going to hit you, but you don't have to fall down because you're grounded in what the Word says. You know the truth, and the truth sets you free. The truth will keep you standing when many others will fall. And when I see people deviate from the Word of God, when I see people dishonor the Old Testament, for example because they don't understand something, or I see people dishonor the Bible itself, or the letters of Paul, when I see people do that, I always see when the winds and waves come, those people are not standing. See, none of us are strong enough in and of ourselves. we're just not. To know the voice of God is to be serious about the word of God. It's to be serious about the word of God. People have given their life so that you and I could readily, accessibly have the Bible today. Gave their life for it, they were not stupid people. They were not dumb that they gave their life. There were scribes. Their whole job, scribes, was to take a manuscript and copy it. That was their whole job. Morning until night, they would take a manuscript and they would copy that manuscript exactly as they had it. That was their job. Thousands and thousands of people throughout history, that's all they ever did. Maybe they never evangelized. Maybe they never prayed for the sick. Maybe they didn't do all that. But they were people that transcribed the word of God so that you and I could have it the way that we have it today. And aren't you grateful that they chose to hear the call of God even though it wasn't attractive, didn't have a sexy appeal, nobody ever knew their name, and some of them even lost their lives because they were willing to give us the written word of God in each generation. We thank God for them. All scripture is God-breathed. God will speak to us as we study it. He will give us revelation. I was reading Zechariah chapter 3 because I read the Life Journal plan. Hallelujah. I was reading in the Life Journal plan today, <laughs> Zechariah chapter 1 through 3, and I, I know that some of you, if you follow along, you, you, it's a little dicey if you, if you're not, if you don't understand Zechariah, so you've got to dig a little deeper. You've got to have a little context. Understand, I, I, know, what, I know what you're feeling, okay? <laughs> Brad, you're looking at me. I get you. And so I was digging in, and, and by the time I got to chapter 3, I was thinking, Lord, I'm, not, I'm trying to dig into this metaphoric, symbolic stuff that's going on here from the prophet Zechariah. I need you to speak to me in your word. You know, I want to write some stuff down, some observations here. Nothing's really coming, right? I'm trying to prime the pump, but it's just not flowing. You understand? All right. And so by the time I get to Zechariah chapter 3, the Lord begins to show me something, and I can't go all into it, but I got something really profound. that was a revelation to me, and the life that I live, it was just that Leaders are people that stand before God on behalf of people, and they also stand before people on behalf of God. And the profound responsibility that God's given me is not just to get up and talk, but it's to pay a price to represent God, and it's to pay a price to represent people, to go the distance, to break off my limitations, to really care about folks that are seeking to grow. And the Lord, that conviction dropped on me from Zechariah chapter 3, as the prophet has a revelation while he sees Joshua the priest who was standing in filthy garments and the Lord was speaking over him to be dressed in new, in new robes. And I, I, w- I received this revelation and I believe that that is what God will do when you're reading the Bible day in, day out. Now, you're not going to get that every day. Maybe you're not going to have a profound revelation every day. I like to use the analogy where my wife is the one that in our house, she cooks. I don't, I don't cook. I do a little barbecuing. Amen. I do a little barbecue action. And I, I'm really good at pouring cereal. <laughs> Come on, Ryan. I'm really good at that, y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm good at it. All right, and I'm good at buying coffee. Sometimes I make it, but I'm good at buying it. But my wife cooks, and she's a great cook, and she makes all of our food. There's, it's not because women need to cook. It's because I can't. That's, that's what that is. So there's a lot of men that can cook well. And so, uh, but, but, you know, she, every day, She's cooking for our family, and I come home, and, uh, and I'm glad we eat at, at the table, and we have all that together, and it's good. Every day, it's good. And there are some nights that are like, oh, man, oh, man, this is amazing. You know, you're just eating, and you don't want it to be done. Uh, anybody have that happen? You know, and even when I'm at work, like, if I know, there's certain things that if I know she's making them, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. There's, there's something inside me, come on, there's something inside me that deep cries to deep, you know, you understand? <laughs> and I'm lo- I, I start to look forward to what's going to happen here, just in a little bit. You know, the fork is in my hand. I'm walking. Why, why is that fork in your hand? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just waiting in anticipation. <laughs> but not every night is like that. Every night is is good, but not every night is like fantastic where you're like you're thinking that way. But I'll tell you, you have some of those meals that are amazing, but it's it's all of the other meals that keep me alive. And when you think about that. When it comes to God's word, when you feast on God's word, you have some of those days, you have some of those times with him where they're spectacular. You're on the mountain, you have this major revelation, something that you can write down, something that you'll remember for years and years. But it's the reading of God's word faithfully that fills up your reservoir, right, that keeps you alive spiritually. And we need to realize that, that it's not about experiencing uh, that mountaintop every day, it's about filling up your reservoir so that mountaintop can actually happen, So God will speak to us through his word as we study it. So we need to give him a lot to work with. Oh, man. Don't get quiet on me. The second way that God uses his word to speak to us is he will speak to us by reminding us of specific verses. Jesus said this to his disciples in John 14, 25. He said, these things I have spoken to you. He was talking to them about, you know, he's going to the cross, John 13, 14, 15, 16. He's going to the cross And he's giving them some very serious teaching, some things he wants them to remember. And he says, these things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, while I was among you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And he will bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. And I can envision Peter just going like, oh man, I don't have to, I didn't write any of that down. (laughs) You know, so he's really happy because he's got a horrible memory. And so the, God will remind us of verses. And I've had this happen multiple times. I, I, I constantly have this happen. Even while I'm in the middle of preaching sermons, verses will come to me. The Holy Spirit will, will remind me of verses. When I'm sharing with people, when I'm at the coffee shop or when I'm just somewhere out and about, there are verses that I've read that in the middle of my conversation, the Holy Spirit will bring those verses to my mind because they are prophetically for the person that's in front of me. And the more you do devotions, the more you study the Word of God, the more you're reading God's Word, and then you go out into your day, that's why I like to do in the morning, you go out into your day, sometimes the things that God is revealing to you as you study His Word are not for you. They're actually for the person that you're going to encounter that day. And it's not the only reason we would study God's Word, but it is something that happens to me on a regular basis. That as I read God's Word, as I study His Word, the Holy Spirit brings up those verses Maybe it's not even today. It might be on Friday, but I wonder what might happen if I wasn't devoted to God's word. Would those verses come to me? A lot of people over my time have said, well, God will give you verses that you've never read before, and that's true, but that's very rare. It's very rare that that's ever happened to me. So I thank God for that level of supernatural, but that can also become an excuse to us because we're not reading the Bible. So let's not use it as an excuse. Let's just use it as the supernatural event that God might make it to be at one point. And thank him for it. But God will remind us of things as we are those that are devoted to his word. And as we engage people, he will speak to us scriptures and passages for people. The second way that God will speak to us or communicate to us is through impressions. Now, my definition of an impression is an internal sense in which you feel, think, or know something regarding a person or a situation and God impresses something on your heart. It's like a gut feeling. You know, in the Hebrew language, they would often associate words with body parts. That's how old the language was. So they didn't have as much to associate their words with like they did in the in the Greek language, where it would be like Olympic Games and all these different various things that came along later on. So Hebrew words would often be associated to body parts. And there are there are words and we that's how we get certain things through the generations, like, oh I just had a gut feeling. What are you what are you saying when you say that? You're saying I had a sense. Or, I just, or, or, man, I felt it in my gut. Why would we say you felt it in your gut? Doesn't that kind of sound strange when you dissect it the way I just did? It's, it's kind of a weird thing. But we, or we say, like, in my heart. You know, it's not our heart that beats, that has blood, that pumps, that keeps us alive. We're not usually talking about that. It's metaphoric from a meaning that comes out of, <coughs> comes out of languages, especially ancient languages. But God will give you an impression, an internal sense. It could be a negative thing. It could be a positive thing. It could be a very whimsical thing. You, you might not even notice how faint they can often be. In Acts chapter 27, it's possible that this is what happened to Paul when he was on, on a voyage going to Rome to stand trial before uh, the Roman emperor. It says this in Acts 27.9, When considerable time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous, since even the fast was already over, Paul began to admonish them, this is the crew, And he said to them, men, I perceive, that word perceive is not like discern, it's a different word. It's almost like the word I see, behold, sense. That's what the word would be. I perceive that the voyage will certainly be with damage and great loss, not only of the cargo and of the ship, but also of our very lives. But the centurion was more persuaded by the pilot and the captain of the ship than by what was said by Paul. Paul gave them this sense that he had he was looking at the winds and the waves, he was looking at the ocean, he was looking, he, 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 he could see all of that, but he said, I perceive, I sense, I'm beholding something that I can't explain and I can't point to, but they were persuaded by what they saw in the natural that nothing was going to happen. Paul could see more than was in the natural. He had this sense that this was going to happen. And if you follow the story, you know that the, they were shipwrecked and they ended up on an island. That's what happened. So it happened, as Paul said, a little bit Maybe different variation of how strong he said it, but it was that very thing. And so we get that. I remember I was in like a store and I was walking by, I was walking by this guy, uh, I don't remember if it was like an Albertsons or a Safeway, something like that. It was not in this area. And as I walked by this guy, I just had this overwhelming sense, like a gut feeling um, of Satanism, you know, demonic, it it was demonic and I I was more familiar with that. I have things that happen when, I don't want to get into all that. But anyways, I knew what it was. And I turn around, and the guy, like something on his face kind of changed, and he had a pentagram, huge pentagram on the back of his shirt. I didn't even see it as I was walking by him. I just felt it. Isn't that amazing? It's had this sense. So I turn back around because I'm, I'm not afraid of that. I'm, that's a, he's a, I mean, that pentagram's a target as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you know? Can I help you, sir? You know? Because I believe that people that are demonically... Deceived, or people that worship Satan, or they're just deceived. They're deceived by something that they don't understand, and they need to understand the love of God. They need to know the Lord. So don't be afraid of that. We should never be afraid of Satan or demons ever, whatsoever. I mean, we should we should be attracted towards helping people that have been lied to and deceived in that way. And it was just this impression that I had. I, I get this, you know, somewhat regularly, not not all the time, um, but the impression can come like this sense, like. You know, there's something going on with someone. I've had it in my office many times as I'm talking to people. Often people are telling me everything's good, but I have this sense it's not good, right? Now, here's what I would say to you, though, to be very careful. If you're a person that has negative impressions a lot, that could just be part of your personality that's critical, and you want to be delivered of that. You don't want to own that as a spiritual gift or God speaking to you all the time. So you need to know you. Do you follow what I'm saying? If you, if you don't know you, then you're going to think a lot of things are God that are actually you, and he wants to deliver from you. <laughs> Nobody, you don't want to have a critical heart, critical mind, critical attitude. It's one thing to be discerning. It's one thing to be cautious when we ought to be, but it's another thing to be critical and allow that to take over our mind and somehow deceive us into thinking that it's God. And you'll know when you become kind of crusty in the way that you are with people instead of loving, you probably want to seek the Lord about that, right, because it's not going to be very helpful. S-s- that's a word, crusty, exactly. It has a definition in the dictionary somewhere. Uh, you can also get physical impressions. I have these at times. Um, like I will have a literal physical feeling. So like, like my knee or my foot or my neck. I've had this before and it's God indicating to me. Like I, I've had this one that was very clear when I was preaching at a church. My neck started hurting on, I think it was the left side, right side, I don't remember, and then it went all the way down my shoulder, and, it, and I'm preach in the middle of preaching, and it just keeps happening, 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 and I knew, I, I finally just stopped, and I just said, is there anybody here that has a neck pain, and it goes all the way, and the minute I start saying that, I, I have more information that started to stream through my mind, like a thought, and it, and it goes all the way down your shoulder, and blah, 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 and I said some other things, and this gal didn't, say yes or anything. She just stood up in the back. She's all the way in the back, back row, stands up, that's me. You know? <laughs> and so at that point, I believe God was giving that revelation so that we could pray. So we did pray and God healed her Amen. right there on the spot. And she testified the next morning. We didn't like have her come up in front of a camera, you know, and get on TVN or anything like that. But we, she came, she, she came the next morning and she had the best night of sleep that she said she had had in a long time that she could remember. And that the Lord had healed this pain in her neck and what was, going on, what was going on with it. It was a lot deeper than healing her neck. And then she really had experienced freedom in even greater ways because of what she was walking through. And God revealed her love to, his love to her through that. But she was able to take another step in freedom in God as a result of it. But God gives us these words of knowledge, these senses, these physical impressions as well. Internal impressions, external impressions, they're physical. You say, but Ben, I've never had that happen. Remember how I talked about learning the language of God? Just because you haven't had something happen to you doesn't mean it isn't something God does. Can we get delivered from that? Amen? Uh, Too many of us, that's what we think. We become the litmus test. Our experience or lack of experience becomes the litmus test for what God does or doesn't do. Now, you wouldn't say it that way, but it's almost what happens because we don't want to, none of us really want to feel like we don't know something. I don't care how old you are. If you don't know something, you don't know something. You need to know that you don't know something so that hopefully you can learn something. I don't think I could say that again. But I'm a learner, honestly. I, I don't, there's certain things, gifts that God hasn't given me, but I love to go sit under ministries where they are experts in that because I want to learn what they, what they have. and I wanna, You can't learn something until you admit you need to know it. You just can't, and that's part of our problem in the body of Christ is we're always, like, analyzing what somebody is saying, and we've got to quit that. We've got to become learners. Now, if there's somebody's teaching false doctrine, yeah, I mean, don't grab a hold of that, but we just become so, like, analytical over the things that we really need to receive. Like, wow, you're telling me God speaks like that? Sign me up. Right? And that's why you're here. That's why you're listening. I I mean, I really think that a lot of us don't progress because we, even when we hear this, we tune it out. Oh, you know, that's for some people. Okay, well, it could be for you people (laughs) if you want to learn. I have never, this is an absolute fact. I'll say this, I will say this authoritatively, definitively. I have never discipled anybody, no matter what their calling in God was or their resident gifts. That was the last class. No matter what they were called to do in God. I have never, ever walked with anybody in discipleship that I couldn't effectively teach how to hear the voice of God more clearly in their life. Never. It has never happened one time. That's why I tell people all the time, if you come to one class and you leave, there's no wonder why you don't have more clarity on hearing the voice of God, because this class isn't even going to do it for you. You might get a few tools in this class to then take it outside of this class and begin to grow in it. That's what I'm hoping will happen. Does this make sense? This will give you some tools, but you don't build a house because you have tools. You build a house because you use the tools. The tools are given to you so that you can do something with them, not because you really look good with a tool belt on. It's not a fashion statement, amen? It's not a badge of honor. That's not what a degree should be either when it comes to God, and we can't pattern the world. We can't pattern ourselves after the world in that regard. Well, I have a theology degree. That's great. doesn't necessarily mean you know God better. I mean, nobody's an expert in God, Right? I, I kind of digressed on that, but you know, you let me because you knew you didn't have a choice. <laughs> so impressions, the third is our thoughts. God will often give us a thought in the midst of our normal thought process. They seem faint. This is something you have to know, that not every thought that you have is from you. Okay, Lock that in right now. Not every thought that you have comes from your brain. Now, s- naturally speaking, we, hopefully we all have healthy, functioning brains, okay? And as a result of that, that's a positive thing. There are a lot of good things that come, and, and some, you know, the brain is an interesting place. And it's important to understand that in the natural. That there's a lot of power in that. I, I, I get that. God gave us something incredible in the brain. But the brain isn't all that we're made up of, right? We have a soul. And the enemy can, can give thoughts. He can transmit. It's what we call temptation, Ladies and gentlemen, we've accepted that, that the enemy can actually tempt us, which means that he has the power to transmit a thought somehow, one way or another. You've accepted that. You just haven't said it maybe directly. And so we have the enemy that can tempt us with a thought. We have our normal just functioning brain that gives us lots of thoughts, transmissions and signals to our body parts, which is very healthy. And then we also have God that will impart and input thoughts into our mind at times and so discerning his voice among that, the normal brain or the enemy is, is vital. It's important. When we know God's character and we know that how these things come. For, let me give you an example. My, my dad, um, he doesn't hear the voice of God in visions or dreams or anything like that. He just reads the Bible. And he would say to me, when I started my journey, I was having these supernatural things happen to me regularly. And he would ask me about them. And we were, he even went to conferences with me and whatnot. This is like 16 years ago. And he was watching these things happen to me where God was giving me information about people, and it was just supernatural, and, and he came out of the Jesus people movement, and so he, he believes in the power of God for sure. That was during the 60s and 70s. And, and so he would say to me, Ben, I don't have God speaking to me like that, right? But what we learned in, co- in this conversation that I had with him was that God was regularly giving him thoughts as he would just drive his car. You know, when you're driving your car and you don't have music on and just kind of an idle time? You ever notice that there are thought that will come into your mind like, hey, you should really call Jane or hey, you should really call Jim or hey, you should really call Robert? Or you just all of a sudden think of somebody that you haven't thought of for a long time. Or you wake up in the morning and a thought comes to you about a situation that's like long time forgotten. You have no idea why you would do that. Now, that could come from your brain. But what if, what if because you're equipped that God speaks through thoughts, what if you grab the phone And you called Robert, or you called Jane, and you just said, hey, I was just thinking about you. And all of a sudden, you enter into a moment or an encounter with that person where you were the right person at the right time, and you might just have the right word if you were reading the right word that morning, See, because we know that God speaks to us, we're expecting it, and we learn to step out with what we think might be God. People say, how do you know that it's God? Well, take what you think might be God and do something with it, and then you'll find out whether it was or wasn't. But here's the truth. You never will know that it's God if you do nothing with it. And if, and if by any chance you have information, a thought, a picture, a vision, an impression or whatever, God gives you that. And then for whatever reason, you, you're able to qualify that God was speaking to you because you see a manifestation that happens along the way. Oh, yeah, God spoke to me about that. Uh, but, but you weren't able to do, you were crippled to do anything with it uh, in, the, in foresight. You, you weren't able to do anything with it, you didn't do anything with it, but now you can see that it was God, and that does happen, but we don't want to be a retrospective prophet. We want to be helpful with the information that God is giving us as we're living life. And what I want to do is equip you to step out on the simple. And I think if, you're, if we're faithful with the simple, God will give us more. It's just the way that it works, so my dad, he started calling people when any any time like somebody would enter his mind, he would just call. And listen, again and again and again and again, my dad would be the right person at the right time with the right word, calling that person. And he started hearing people say, Man, I'm so glad you called. Wow, your timing couldn't have been more perfect. Have you ever had that happen to you before? I, I mean it's really awesome that it happens like indirectly. That's really cool. Like you just happen to like for whatever reason pick up your phone and dial and you didn't even mean to like that's wonderful but what if you and I believe that God speak to us through our thought speaks to us through our thoughts we get a thought we're not even certain that it is God but we just instead of going is it God or isn't it God we just believe that it is and we call that person and we do that on a regular basis i'm telling you the amount or the frequency of us having a moment where God uses us would be more often and the magnitude of his ministry through our life would be that much greater Especially when you're carrying people on your heart. I just think we need to be more active. And that's one of the things I'm kind of teaching you along the way, is becoming more active. God has a lot of thoughts. Psalms chapter 40, verse 5 says this The psalmist writes, Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders which you have done, and your thoughts towards us, there is none to compare with you. If I would declare and speak of them, they would be too numerous to count. Think about that for a moment. God has thoughts towards us that are too numerous to count. And I'll tell you this, they're not bad thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. So potentially, you and I are standing next to, sitting next to a person that God knows exactly what he thinks about, and if we want to be what I would call prophetic people, all we have to do is say, God, will you show me how you think about this person? God, would you show me some thoughts that you have about this person? What if that's all that it was, is that you and I would become more active and we just regularly engage God in this way? God, how do you think about this situation? How, what are your thoughts towards the person sitting next to me? Even the person that you don't like at, at work or whatever, God, how do you think about them? Many are your thoughts, O oh Lord. Many are your thoughts. Personalize that for a moment. It's powerful. I, I have lots of stories about how thoughts come to my mind, I I was in a house one time about to go do a minute, about to go do some ministry, about to preach and minister to people, and the word, uh, it's a country, but the word Brazil, 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 it's just a thought, it just kept coming to me. I'm in the house, there's nothing, there's nothing that says Brazil, these people are not Brazilian or anywhere close to that, and, and there's no indication of that whatsoever. But just, I'm sitting there, we're eating dinner, Brazil, 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 just a thought. It just repetitively keeps coming to me. So I just sp- sp- just speak out. Hey, does Brazil mean anything to you guys? And I mean, the husband, his hands go from eating to just, bam, right down on the table. And the wife's like, okay, apparently it does. <laughs> and I, I, <laughs> I w- I'm not very polished in those moments. Like, yeah, see, I knew, I knew that. And uh, (laughs) I just knew Brazil. That's all I had. As a matter of fact, God didn't give me anything else. So then they start telling me that they've been in an active uh, adoption for the last couple years, and it's been ineffective. They've not been able to get the country of Brazil uh, to effectuate this adoption so that they can get this child into the States. And they were basically at the, at the stage of giving up, that's where they were, they are basically at the stage of giving up, praying whether or not they should throw in the towel. And here's a guy, doesn't know them, never met them before, I'm basically just gonna go preach in their church, I'm sitting at their dinner table, Brazil, Brazil, Brazil. Does Brazil mean anything to you guys? And it drops both of their jaws. It was one word, one word, one country, I have no idea, but I just spoke it out. That's what I think would happen more often, if we, if, as we're equipped and we're activated. It just would happen all the time. People say, I don't, I don't see a lot of supernatural stuff happen. I'm telling you, it is available. It's going on all the time, but we're too distracted. We're too distracted. So we've got to undistract ourselves, if that's a word, and we've got to learn to take what's going on, God lives inside of us, And learn to do something with it. And we don't have to say things like, God told me to tell you. Drop all that language and just start asking people questions. Sometimes we'll be somewhere and I'll get a thought about somebody. I'm looking right at them and I'll get a thought about their sister. I don't need to be Mr. Prophet Isaiah or anything like that. All I've got to do is say, do you have a sister? And it's like nine out of ten. they're like, "Uh uh-huh. I'm like, I really think that God wants to do something. They might not even be a Christian. I really think God wants to do something with your relationship with your sister, and they'll start to talk about how they're estranged. I was in Canada one time, and because uh, I haven't been there many times, but I was there one time with a friend, and we went into a coffee shop, and it's it just kind of a weird scenario, but um, I just had that, that thought, like something about your sister just kept coming to me. And before you know it, that's exactly what we end up ministering to Now, she wasn't very happy to hear that because it was in a strange relationship. But we were able to speak hope over that situation. It's just a thought. It's just a thought. And all of a sudden, I'm in a conversation with a barista that never would have happened if I didn't believe that God speaks to me and I didn't believe that God spoke to me in my thoughts. See, the possibilities become endless in this. Now, there are also visions. I don't know what number we're on, but there are visions Visions are a form of spiritual sight given through the Holy Spirit. They appear a lot in the book of Acts. We see them also in the Old Testament. Prophets would receive visions. There were also seers. Seers were those that beheld visions in the Bible. There are actually 234 references, depending on your version, of dreams and visions in the Bible. 234 references of dreams and visions in the Bible. I remember when somebody told me, I was telling them I was seeing visions. And they said, well, you just need to read the Bible. I'd read the Bible. There are 234 references to dreams and visions. I'm not sure if what they were trying to tell me was connecting very well. I think the opposite effect was happening, if you understand me. Like, you just need to calm down and read the Bible. And I thought, man, have you read Zechariah? <laughs> I mean, this is wild, man. This is I'm like, whoa, he's having stuff, happening. like, my stuff is real small. This guy is, like, having out-of-body experiences. Are you sure you want me to read this book, man? It's not very safe, you know. But in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the body of Christ, listen to what was said in recalling the prophet Joel hundreds and hundreds of years ago. This is what Peter says in verse 17, Acts chapter 2. It shall be in the last days, which was inaugurated in that moment, the day of Pentecost, that I will pour forth of my Spirit on all mankind... By the way, that means uh, both Jew and Gentile, all mankind, meaning not just Jews and not just prophets, priests, and kings, but all. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men will dream dreams, and even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth of my spirit. One of the things that God does in the pouring out or the baptism or the filling of his Holy Spirit, one of the indications that the spirit has been poured out, not, not only, but one, is that people have visions. People have dreams. The prophets of old had them. Kings, priests, they would have them. Uh, They're all throughout Scripture. Uh, And what ends up happening is is that common people who experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which is everybody, according to Acts chapter 2, who calls on the name of the Lord, can encounter these. Not because we want to have visions, but because it's a way that God communicates with us. I'm not hungry just to have a vision, like apart from my relationship with God, but this is one of the ways that I have found that God will communicate with us. Now, a vision could be just like a picture in your mind. It could be like a scene that happens, like some kind of thing plays out in your mind. It can be internal, it can be external. An internal vision is just that. An external vision is is what many call an open vision. Now, I've had a lot of open visions, not like every day or every month, but I've had them. But usually, I have internal visions. They're, they're, they're that picture in my mind or that, that movie scene in my mind that will happen as I watch something play out. Usually while I'm praying for somebody. While I pray for somebody, as I'm active in the spirit, God will give me a vision. That's pretty typical. It's very normal for me. That's one of the ways that I've become accustomed to God speaking to me. But visions can be literal or symbolic. Sometimes they need inter- interpretation. I would tell you that when people speak and they say in the name of God often when they're wrong, is because they take something that they see and they misinterpret it. If you want to know where people miss it, that's usually where it happens. People can be presumptuous in what they think God is telling them. And I would tell you, when you're learning the the language of the Lord, when he's communicating with you, you just don't start out as a professional here. people making mistakes all over the place. It's just the way that it happens. That's why, by the way, that's why we need healthy environments where we can learn so that we don't feel like we're going to get stoned when we do something wrong. How many people would actually preach the word of God if they thought, if they missed one little uh, dot of an I or one cross of a T, if they somehow misinterpreted the Bible when they preached the sermon, that God was going to be done with them? I mean, how many people would preach a sermon if that were the case. I mean, you, I mean, you, you can't start. You would, you would always be afraid to approach uh, this scenario. I mean, I think God actually uses people that are willing, and he prunes them along the way. Now, nobody wants, to get, nobody wants to miss it. I'm not giving you a license to just go out and blow it. I'm saying as you learn to hear the voice of God, you're going to make some mistakes along the way, and if you can't uh, believe that, then you're probably never going to learn what I'm talking about. I've had people reject what I'm saying to you right now. I've had people say, well, that that can't be true. Look at the Old Testament. You know, there were prophets in the Old Testament. If they didn't, they weren't exactly right, you know, that they were stoned or they were quarantined away from the community. They were disbarred from the community. they could no longer be. Yeah, there there are definitely scenarios. But I also want to tell you something. When you were a prophet in the Old Testament, you had to be 100% accurate. By the way, it's when Scripture was written. And in Deuteronomy 18, when they talk about that, one of the scriptures, when it's talked about, when if a prophet comes among you and tells you a dream or a vision and it doesn't come to pass, don't listen to them, he also is referencing the Messiah who is the prophet that's going to come and represent God the Father who we know is Jesus Christ. Later on in the book of Acts, it actually makes a reference to Deuteronomy 18. And so many people use the Bible to basically say that nobody can ever get it wrong. Can you imagine, like, what pressure that would be if that's the way that you live? I mean, if I were to teach you in this class, which I used to go to a church and they would teach this. If I were to say to you, if you believe you're hearing from God, you better be 100% accurate. And if you're not 100% accurate, let me ask you. If that's the way that it is for hearing the voice of God, that's the way that it is for all ministry. Because it's about representation. And I actually believe this with all my heart. I believe if you misrepresent the Bible, it's actually, it's actually worse than you misrepresenting a, a prophetic word that you might be sharing. I think it's worse. Do you know why? Because the Bible is the eternal word of God. It's easy for me to see somebody miss, like I think God might be saying. That's easier for me to imagine somebody feelings got in the way or thoughts got in the way or maybe they had bad coffee or something. That's easier for me to think that somebody could miss that than somebody getting up and becoming a false teacher by spouting some kind of stuff and mi- misrepresenting the word because every time a person reads that verse, they're gonna read it through the filter that you just gave them. I think it's worse. Y'all with me? Yeah. I think it's a higher issue when we talk about the Bible, which is the eternal word of God. And so for whatever reason, people, some people, because of their you know, Christian upbringing, they have this fear. You can't get it wrong. Well, I don't want you to get it wrong, but I, you have to learn, and you, get, you have the grace, to, you, you have a license to grow. Let me give it to you. Here's a license to grow. Yeah, and if you, have, if you have a perfectionistic thing on you, listen, if you have it, leave, don't leave with it. <laughs> like, leave it, leave it at your table, leave it on your chair. Ask God to deliver you from it. It's no good for any of us. That perfectionistic thing. It doesn't help us to grow. What person would start a business if they just were afraid that they were gonna fail? You know, the fear of failure is terrible. It stops you before you ever start, doesn't it? The fear of failure is on a generation. It stops us before we ever start. Before we ever even try anything, we think we can't do it. I'm telling you, you can do it. That's, that's part of what this class is all about. You can, you will, but you've gotta try. You can, you will, but you've gotta try. And if you won't try, I can't help you. But if you will try, God will help you and he'll teach you, he'll instruct you. That's the way that it works, every time. It's really simple. It's, it's like a personal trainer, right? I got to get you in the gym, and I got to get you working, okay? And then we'll work together, we'll work together on some stuff, but then I'm going to give you some exercises that you got to take home with you. But when you come see me next week, and you ain't been doing your exercises, I'm going to know it. And I'm going to look at you and say, listen, this seems awfully hard for us working through this exercise that you should have been doing all week. Let me just ask you real quick. Have you been practicing this week? No, I haven't. Oh, because I can tell. I can tell. I would be a great personal trainer. (laughs) i got to get in a little better shape, but, you know, visions, right? I was at a church, and it was a large church. I was done preaching, I walk over to the side, there's this gal there, I didn't know she was like uh, the wife of one of the pastors, I had no idea. I walk up to her, I had this vision. It was just in my mind, but it was really clear. Maybe like five seconds long. I saw her sitting at the bedside of a woman that looked similar to her, I thought it was her mom. And she was caring for her, she was being a caretaker for however, however much amount of time. She was just sitting there and she was caring for her, being her caretaker. And it was like, as I'm watching this, here's the sense that I got. I'm seeing this vision. She's caring for her mom, what I believe is her mom. This was the sense that I had. You will never forget these moments that you're walking through right now. These will be some of the most memorable moments for the rest of your life. You will look back on them for forever. I said that to her just like that. She broke. I didn't realize she was the wife of one of the pastors, he comes up to me afterwards, tells me the whole story. I didn't get any feedback in front of all these people, but he told me the whole situation and it was so dramatic. I mean, it was so dramatic. She'd been walking through all of this stuff and she was the caretaker for her mom and her mom is in the hospital and this whole thing. I spoke out the vision that I had. I spoke out the sense that I had and I left it there. I didn't, I didn't know more hype. I didn't put a little sauce on it. I just said it as it was. And she broke, and it became something that she needed. Amen? We're carrying something that people need. You know? They need encouragement. That's what the Bible says prophecy is. It's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. We're carrying that because we, we have the Holy Spirit living in the inside of us. I'm just telling you it's possible. I'm just telling you it's possible. It may not happen every day, but it's possible. You're carrying a lot more than you realize. Visions. There are also dreams. I'm going to have to wrap up real quickly. There are also dreams... I actually could do a a session on dreams. I could do three sessions on dreams. Uh, There are different kinds of dreams. Dreams are obviously visionary experiences in the night, literal or symbolic. Some dreams need interpretation. There are directional dreams, correctional dreams, prophetic dreams, and by prophetic, I, I don't mean every dream is prophetic. Some dreams are prophetic in the sense that they show you something that is about to happen. I've had these happen. I don't get a lot of dreams. But you spend one-third of your life in sleep. Well, maybe for some of us, it's a lot less. But you spend one-third of your life in sleep. I bet you, if you ask God before you go to sleep, would you speak to me in my sleep? I don't want to waste any of my time on this earth. Would you just use it, Lord? I bet you the more you ask him, the more you'll hear from him in the night. Isn't that amazing? And the Lord uses that for sure. You see it in the Bible constantly. Joseph, Jacob, Solomon, Daniel... Even in Solomon's situation, God imparted to him something in his dream, gave him something in his dream. You ever stop and think about that? He didn't just have a dream from God, but God came to him in a dream and asked him what he wanted as he was coming into his kingship. And he didn't ask for money, and he didn't ask for prestige or many, many wives, although he ended up with that. He asked for wisdom to govern God's people. And the Lord said, because you've asked for this in a dream, this happened in a dream, he said, because you've asked for that, I will give you the wisdom that you're asking for and I'll add to you everything else on top of that. And he became the greatest king of, in, in Israel, in one sense at least, maybe not in righteousness, but he surely became a great king in all of Israel. That happened in a dream. God imparted things to him in a dream. Is that in your grid? Let me ask you this question. Is that even in your thinking that God can do something like that? When you go to prayer, do you even think that God could give you a dream tonight and in that dream, what you're asking God to do and giving you wisdom, He can actually impart that to you while you're sleeping. Do you even have that in your thinking right now? Because if you don't, it's biblical. You, you, are you with me? Yeah. Treeful owls. Come on guys, you're just I mean, that's exciting stuff, right? Like God can impart things to me while I'm sleeping. Do I even expect it? Do I even ask for it? Do I even think it's possible? And this is amazing. This is biblical stuff. I believe the Bible. Man, when you read the Bible, look what it's got going on, man. I mean, this is exciting stuff. People are always like, man, the Bible's so boring. I'm like, what book are you reading? I mean, read a little Ezekiel in the morning. It'll get you going. You understand? I mean, there's some stuff in there that I don't quite understand. A little perplexing. It's kind of out there. But I'm telling you, God does some stuff that I don't always get. And I'm glad that God is God. And he governs all of this stuff, and he knows what he's doing, and he knows what we need. It's amazing. I would prefer to get every corrective word in a dream. (laughs) Just go to sleep, like, Lord, everything that I'm doing wrong, could you just tell me in a dream, and I wake up and we're good? I don't know if it's possible, but it's surely how I want it to be. Like, everything, Lord, like, whatever I'm doing wrong to whoever I'm doing it. Download it in Jesus' name, let me wake up, bada bing, bada boom, we're good to go. I got a new pep in my step, we're rolling, this thing is on, that's what I would like. But God gave me a dream in 2004 that I was going to be on staff at this church and I wasn't at this church. And we even, even though I had that dream, my wife and I searched, we went to other churches and we ended up coming back here and it was almost like I was resisting the revelation of God. And in the dream, God showed me things that I was going to teach people at this church. Isn't that amazing? I have it written down. It's in my office. It's on one of my journals. I could show it to you. 2004, I was at a church in Kirkland. We ended up shutting that church down. The Lord gave me a dream before we did that. In the dream, he showed me I was on staff at this church. I was introduced by Don Kane, who's the missions pastor of this church. He's actually the only pastor that is on staff right now from 2004. He's in the front. He's introducing a new pastor. I'm sitting in the back where Laura Jean's sitting, and I have a Bible and note, note, uh, a journal in my hand and I realize all of a sudden as Pastor Don's introducing a new pastor, I realize he's talking about me because I didn't like know this. And I start to walk from the back to the front and as I open up my Bible, I just started talking to people about how God wanted to have a relationship with them. It's all written down. I could show it to you next week if you're interested. That's 2004, wasn't at this church. God gives dreams. Now I never came, uh, when I came to my wife and I came to church here, we didn't sit down with the pastor who was Bob Hasey at the time and say, I had a dream, hire me, this is what's going down. <laughs> and because it's a revelation of God, you should probably double my salary, just saying. <laughs> if it's of the Lord, let it be blessed. <laughs> Some things you hold on to, you press in for, but you don't have to be, uh, you, don't, you, don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to be somebody that shares it with everybody. You know, you just hold it, and, and if it's the Lord, it'll come to pass. You don't have to tell people to manipulate them. Okay, you walk in it. You walk in it. So, of course, I would have to go to church here. So we went to church here. I actually ended up in a real estate career for several years. I didn't, I didn't put my resume in. They asked me to come on staff here. That's what happened. I didn't ask them. They asked me. That's how it worked. So I always say to the pastor now, Chris, I say, if you want to fire me, go for it. You're the one that hired me, man. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a little joke there. <laughs> it's not very funny, probably. You pursued me, man. I didn't pursue you. I'm just saying. I was going here. I love you and everything, but you want to fire me, I'll just go back to real estate. It's fine. So whatever. But God gives dreams. Amen? He gives dreams. And uh, I don't have a lot of them, but when I have them, I I pay attention. When I have them, I pay attention. Because I don't have a lot of pizza dreams where I wake up and just like, what was that? You know, some people, if you have those, like, I'm not telling you that's God, okay? You need to discern whether or not it's God. You say, how do I do that? The Bible says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. You know, don't step out there and think that God's speaking to you in your dream. You know, share it with somebody that believes God speaks. Share it with somebody that can discern the things of God, and they'll help you walk through that. Sometimes people come to me with this dream, and they're like, oh, look at this, and it's blah, 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 blah. And they're like, what do you think it means? And I'm like, I think God just wants to talk to you. Like, no, that can't be all it is. I'm like, I- I just think God's looking for some friends that, that uh, I mean, he doesn't necessarily need them, but he really wants to talk to you and have friendship with you. And they, they, they're, they're like envisioning like TVN, like rolling the camera, and they're doing like an end-time seminar, and, and the, like books and bestsellers and all. They're, they're envisioning like, you know, they're Moses or somebody, and, and, and then I tell them like, no, God's just looking for people that are listening, is that you? And they're like, it, it, it's, it's like a balloon. <laughs> you know. So God gives dreams, but it's not to make us famous. Internal voice. I'll go, I'm going to shoot through these real quick. Internal voice. I, I don't call it the still small voice because we usually use 1 Kings chapter 19 to reference the still small voice. That was actually an audible voice in 1 Kings 19. So I, I, t- I distinguish the, the internal voice and the audible voice. When we say still small voice, it's still out of a passage that was an audible voice, so I I just want to distinguish the two. A lot of times I hear the Lord speak to me in an internal voice. It's not external. Nobody else can hear it. It's the Holy Spirit who lives in me speaking to me, and he usually gives me a phrase. He usually gives me a sentence. I, I never hear like paragraphs and paragraphs. Usually that's like a thought. I have thoughts, and some of that's God, maybe not all of it, but I get like a phrase and for me, being a preacher and a prophetic minister, I get these phrases a lot, and they become messages or sermons that I start to carry and I bring to the body of Christ. I, I call it cheating, actually, is what I call it. But I wake up with phrases in my heart. That, that it's, it's, it's this internal voice of God. It just, he just repeats himself to me like several times, and I know it's the Lord. And uh, I it, it, it's just the way that, they, that it works. Uh, I could give you a really good story, and I, I will. Another one is uh, audible voice. Um, God will speak to people in an audible voice. That does happen. Maybe it hasn't happened to you, but it happens to people. I meet people all the time and they heard the audible voice of God. It's so regular. Matter of fact, when you start opening this conversation up, it's pretty amazing what people start saying. People that are credible, just trying to be honest, but they've been so afraid to ever say anything because they're not, they don't wanna feel crazy or look crazy. I, I, just watch what happens. You start having this conversation. People come out of the woodwork and they have the freedom to talk all of a sudden. It's amazing especially when it's safe, right? Um, angels, angels are actually messengers. That's the literal definition for the word angel. And in the Bible, angels are messengers of God. They come to people and they give them messages. Now, they don't always come in the form of like this massive creature that you can clearly tell is an angel. They actually can appear different ways. And so this is, this is biblical. It does happen, and it has happened. And I've met many people this has happened for. Also, I would say other people. The primary way that God speaks to us Uh, He will speak to us through other people. While while it's important to cultivate a a close relationship with God for ourselves, the Lord will speak to us through other people like when they're preaching sermons. You know, there'll be something by the Holy Spirit will come to us. Somebody prophesies over us, that can be another person that's that's carrying a word, they're giving us a word. Um, When somebody's giving us counsel or advice, how many of you have sat down with a person and then they give some wisdom or some advice and that just sticks with you? You know, that's a little bit more than, the, than, than that person. Like, that's not just something they threw at you out of their back pocket. There's, the Lord was in that. It doesn't mean 100%, but the Lord was in that. And the more that we're open and available to God speaking to us, we realize he uses people to speak his word to us or, or what he's saying. We're open to it. And we could even call people and say, hey, you know, could you pray for me right now? And we realize that as people pray for us, something could come out of that time that could be the wisdom of God. See, we're pursuing God's voice, but often we, we feel like it's always gotta come directly, it's gotta be like so clear, like HD, out of the sky kinda stuff. If you're seeking the voice of God, you should just call a friend that hears the voice of the Lord or at least will pray for you and say, will you pray for me? Um, I'm just in a time where I'm, I'm, I'm listening to the voice of God, just pray for me and if you sense anything, great. If you don't, great, but just pray for me. And as they pray, something starts to happen all of a sudden really powerful